nation, every tribe, every tongue will declare that Jesus is Lord, will worship him, and will receive freedom and healing and everything the Holy Spirit wants to release. Amen? Hallelujah. In Romans 13, 7, it says, pay to all what is due, tax to whom tax is due, customs to whom customs, respect to whom respect, honor to whom honor. And in the Passion Translation, it says, it is your duty to pay all the taxes and fees that, are, that they require and to respect those who are worthy of respect, honoring them accordingly. So first of all, I'm gonna teach you about honor today and the importance of honoring the anointing of God. Amen. So first of all, just to kind of define what honor is, honor just simply means to give respect to where respect is due. If someone has done something good, if someone has done something honorable, um, just and this is just in the world's way, not even in the spiritual way, if they've done something that deserves a high five, a good job, pat on the back, encouragement, keep going, acknowledge, you know, this is good. We should, we all should be like this. This is a leader. Let's follow this example. Just in the world's way in general, that's what honor is. So you can honor, um, you give respect, however that means to your heart. It can look differently how you're showing honor. There's many different ways to give honor, but uh, that's honor. And this is what we do even in, in the world's way. It's important. But in, this, in the Bible, it says we need to give honor as well. We need to give honor to where honor is due. We need to give honor to, to vessels. We need to give honor to vessels who carry anointing. And specifically today when I'm teaching about honoring the anointing, this is what you'll learn today, the importance of honoring the anointing and how to honor the anointing. When I'm speaking about honoring the anointing, what it means is specifically honoring vessels of the anointing and ministries of the anointing. That's what it means. So in the world's way, honor, it's really like in the same way in the spiritual realm, meaning from your heart, whatever it means to give respect, to give honor, do that, do that to when it's appropriate. This is how we can, first of all, show this is, this is good. This is what it looks like to follow God, to be a true disciple of him. We should follow this example. Amen. It's like identifying Apostle Paul. It says, Apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So it's really important. We have, ex we need real life examples. We need real life examples in front of us to be able to truly be who God called us to be. We need that example. We need that visual example before us in our eyes, in the flesh. Jesus was his first example. When he came to this earth, not only did he come on that mission to be our savior, right? But also a big thing he did was literally just being that example like Paul was then going to be for others. Be that example of this is what a disciple of God looks like. This is, this is how you should minister. This is how you should heal people, release healing. This is how you should cast out demons. You know, this is how you should love people. A big part of what he did was actually be that example before the disciples so that they could see with their own eyes, this is what I need to follow exactly. So that's one of the big reasons why it's just so vital for the whole body of Christ, for us to honor, for us to recognize, to see this is good. This is what we should follow an example of. And we thank this vessel for obeying God and for being, for being obedient, for serving God, so that we can have that example, so we all can be more like Christ. Amen. It's very important, too, for the vessel because they need that encouragement. They need, that's part of God showing his love to the person is through you. God showing, thank you for serving me. I'm proud of you. You're doing well. And I'm rewarding you. That, that comes, God does that through vessels. So when a vessel's not, a vessel's doing a great job, is sacrificing a lot, is being very obedient, and they're getting a lot of persecution, a lot of attacks from the devil, but then there's no love of God coming through vessels, honor, respect coming through vessels, that person will literally feel like God doesn't, is not loving them, is not proud of them. God does, but God uses vessels. So there will be that lack when we don't have that, when we don't have that honor and respect. So it's important you understand like really the, the importance of, we're learning the importance of it. So this is one of the aspects of why it's really important to honor. Honor and worship are completely different. To honor means to 
respect someone, thank someone, someone who's doing something honorable, you say, thank you, I honor you. It's respect. But worship is putting someone as God, putting a thing or a person as God. Worship is saying, you are number one in my whole life. We worship Jesus. We're called to only worship Jesus. Other people worship other things. Other people worship other gods. Other people worship Buddha, different gods. They can make people their gods sometimes. But we are called to only worship Jesus. Who you worship is your Lord. And who we worship is our Lord and our Savior. And who we worship is the one who has all the power. And all glory belongs to him. So as when we worship, whether it's through song, whether it's through just speaking with our words throughout the day, worshiping him, whether it's through serving him, we're worshiping as we serve him. Whatever we do, we're worshiping him. So whatever it is, this is us saying, I praise you, God. I'm giving you glory. You are number one in my life. I worship you. We honor God as well. But honor is not the same as worship. So honor is something you can you also do for people. And God is saying, give honor where honor is due. Hallelujah. You cannot receive anointing that you don't respect, that you don't honor. This is a very important principle. And um, anointing, to be honest, is actually very rare in the body of Christ. When you don't see demons cast out, the anointing isn't there to destroy the yoke. And we know demons being cast out is rare. So it's safe to say the anointing is pretty rare in the whole body of Christ. That being said, we all have a lot to learn about anointing, about what anointing is, about how to receive it. Why is it so rare? That must mean that we have a lot to learn, how to receive it, how to uh, keep it, maintain it, how to continually receive it, not just one time. There's a lot of mysteries in this spiritual realm that we have yet to learn. So whenever you come to a place where anointing is, and this is like, you know, rare for you, kind of the first times of receiving it, you better humble yourself and get ready to learn. How can I receive this? And not just a little bit, but how can I, man, I, I believe what God says, that abundant life is my full portion. So how can I receive that anointing in my life fully, where I'm fully free, fully healed, fully having more than enough provision, no lack, no poverty? How can I see me be a vessel of the anointing? We got to humble ourselves and learn that, right? Amen? So, and, and today, this is a big, 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 big key. I'm teaching you. So it's time now to humble yourselves and learn something new today. It might be new for you of how to receive the anointing. Um, the fact that the anointing is rare means that there must be secrets or, or mysteries, deeper things in the spiritual realm. I mean, Jesus makes it clear when he said to his disciples after they first cast out demons, they came back and they were like, wow, the demons even obeyed us. Just like they obeyed you, they obeyed us. They were amazed. And like the first thing that Jesus says is, Father, I praise you. He's like praising God for his wisdom in this moment. And he's saying, I praise you for you've hidden these things from those who, who are proud, from those think they know it all. And you've, hid, you've revealed it only to those who have humbled themselves and become like children, teachable. The Passion Translation says, you've hidden this great revelation of walking in your authority. So it makes it very clear. What Jesus is talking about is you've hidden the mysteries, the principles of how to access and receive the anointing that makes demons to tremble like in my disciples. You've hidden it from those who are proud and only revealed it to those who are childlike and humble. So there truly are mysteries that have been hidden for, from a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people in the body of Christ because of pride. But revival is now, and God is bringing the humble. Like a harvest, he's harvesting in the humble. He's harvesting in the humble to now receive these mysteries, these secrets right now. And I pray all of you can receive these mysteries today, but you must humble yourself. You cannot be proud. You c I can speak these things, and it can be like the Pharisees listening to Jesus. Jesus says, they have ears, but they don't hear. They have eyes, but they can't see. It doesn't matter. I'm teaching these mysteries, but they're hidden from them. They can't get it. So now's the time right now. Humble yourself so you can receive. Today's like a part two of what I taught. Last Sunday, I taught 
one of the big, big keys of when you come to where God's power is moving, the house of God, where anointing is, how to receive the most of what God wants to give you, not just a little bit, but how to receive the anointing in full. Because every time you come here, you can choose how much you're going to receive. God wants to give you so much. You don't have to be just standing watching other people receive mightily. You can be receiving mightily every single time. So I I revealed in last Sunday that the principle of hunger is one of the biggest keys of how to come here and receive mightily from God. So today is like a part two, how to receive the most anointing in your life. And that's to honor the anointing. Now, um, in 2012, I was a junior in college and I did a study abroad program called Semester at Sea. I was so excited because I wanted to go abroad, but I didn't have a certain country in mind. I just wanted to visit a lot of places. So I found this study abroad program where you actually take classes on a cruise ship. It's a floating college campus. It was epic. And it took you literally around the whole world. Prophetic, right? Prophetic for my life. But we circumnavigated the world. So we started in the Bahamas, and we went to 13 countries in 105 days. So we started in Bahamas, went to the uh, 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 Dominica, to down the Amazon River in Manaus, Brazil, to Ghana, to South Africa, to Mauritius, to India, Singapore, Vietnam, Hong Kong, China, Japan, Hawaii, and then ended up in San Diego. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Um, but, wow, I see a great... One of the great purposes that God had for me to go on that trip was, um, before then I'd been to Europe, I'd been to six countries on a quick trip, but I hadn't been like too many places. I'd just been to Europe, Canada, that was it. And um, you know, we grow up in a, many, most of you, not all of you here, but and not all of you watching online, but many of you grew up in America your whole life. And America uh, is very unique, you know, America, just has more influence in the world than any other country. Movies come, I mean, most of the movies, they they come from America. Most of the music, they come from America. I was in Brazil, and everyone speaks Portuguese there. Uh, We were not even at an American tourist place. We were at the beach somewhere, um, where it was like all local Brazilian people, and they're playing American pop music the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, and that's how it's been. And when I did that trip around the world, that's how it was. Um, And so, And when you live in America, to be truthful, by and large, you just don't spend that much time thinking about other countries and cultures. Whereas other countries automatically are thinking about at least America a lot because they're seeing the movies and the songs. They're immersed more in our culture, right? Okay, so that being said, there is totally like a spirit of ethnocentrism over America. Like you just, you're just born into this thinking like America's the best, and America's culture is the best. It's just like this natural thing that's just part of society that's kind of ingrained in us. You would really have to be taught specifically since a young age otherwise to not have any of that in you. Just naturally, you know? So I went on this trip and about the second country I went to, so the first country I went to was Dominica, and I really wanted to meet locals. I wanted to um, really not be like a tourist. And they encouraged us that in that trip. The point is not to be a tourist, but to really learn about each culture, get to know the locals there. So I was talking to this one, our, this cab driver, and I was talking to him, and I was saying, how are you, Ken? I remember his name was Ken, and he says, I'm blessed, man, I'm blessed. And, and I, he said, you know, I just took my child to school today. I'm so blessed. And this man was very poor, and uh, this I could t- see in this country was very poor. It w- I think it was actually the first poor nation I've been to where there's so much poverty, yeah. And it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Just him simply saying that, I'll never forget it, because I could just see that he truly felt more blessed than most people I'd met simply because of the gift to bring his child to school. And you have to pay, I think you have to pay there to bring your child to school. In many countries, it's not free. So he was just, I'm so blessed. And that was it. And it was just this revelation I got in that moment. Um, and, and, and even then I went to the next country in Brazil, I, same thing, I got to meet locals and they were so full of gratitude and they had so little. 
And it was just this big revelation that came upon me, and not just me, but so many people on the ship as well. Just hit us like a ton of bricks of like, man, we've been immersed in like ethnocentrism. Like, we didn't realize how beautiful other cultures were and that they're very equal. We're all equal. You know, that there's so many different cultures, they're so different, but they're, they're uniquely different and uniquely beautiful. We're not any better. It just, it hit me, it hit so many of us because we had never been to like more poor countries before. And maybe we, we, we see the things on TV, we see the, the impoverished, the, the hungry kids in Africa and that's our whole perception of Africa. You know, and we, it says in the Bible with Jesus, what good can come from Nazareth? Many people didn't believe that Jesus could really be the Messiah because their perception of Nazareth, of where he came from, was that it, it was not as great as where they're from. In s several areas of culture, society, everything, they had that certain perception, eh, nothing good will come from there. I know about that country. So, you know, this is really important for us to be aware of spiritually, because this affects us spiritually, if we have this in us. And I thank God that I went on that trip, because I went on that trip and I came back a different person in the terms of like, I really, I really was like, wow, God created so many beautiful children in every nation, and they're equally as important as me and the people in America. Um, and, and God can use any of them just as powerfully as he can use me or any person in America. It was this powerful thing that came over me, which made me be very open for God to use people of different cultures, which I needed for my future calling. <laughs> if, we, if we're real with ourselves, we tend to trust people we're more familiar with, our culture. We're like, oh, I don't know about that, that's different, I don't know. But if you think about it, by and large, we tend to trust people maybe more that look like us maybe, or like all culture, or are the popular thing, maybe the popular ministry in America. We put our trust there. And, we're, and if God's maybe doing something in another country, we, we don't even want to explore. Because this feels safer. To just stay with what we know, you know? And no one else is doing that anyways. No one else in our country is, is receiving from another ministry in another culture or country, so, you know? Okay, so I share this because I just, God opened up my eyes. Man, this is how a lot of Americans are. This is how we really are in America. And this is a problem because God is not limited to only moving through American people. I can't believe I have to say that, but like it needs to be said. <laughs> he made every one of us equal. It is the devil coming with his schemes throughout, throughout time. This is what's more beautiful. This looks more beautiful. This skin tone is more beautiful. This height, this body type. That's the devil. Yeah. That's not truth. And so this is the truth. God made every single person equal. This is the truth. God is using people from every nation just as powerfully in each nation. The first shall be last, the last shall be first, even. So I dare to say God will use even people more powerfully from last countries like Nazareth than the first. So that was 2012, and then in um, 2013, I moved to L.A. from upstate New York. I first came out here to pursue acting, and then was pursuing music to be a Christian pop EDM singer-songwriter, and I was hungry for God. I ended up, my hunger led me to a little house church in the valley of Los Angeles, um, and in that church, it was a prophet from an African country, and pretty much everyone there was more of that culture and I didn't even know prophets existed today I had no clue until I stepped into that little house church but because of what God took me on that journey around the world and opened up my eyes I came in without skepticism skepticism I came I came in without being like this is weird should I be worried 
none of that was there. I, I just came in. God freed me of all that, like, ethnocentrism stuff. So I came in there like, oh, cool. Other cultures are awesome. And I'm excited for, like, God to do something different. Maybe I don't know about here. And I knew it was happening immediately because I walk in. Everybody's praying in tongues so loud. And I did not speak in tongues at that point. So I go in there, and I, I wanted to be around people on fire, but I was going to a lukewarm church. Everyone's, like, looking at what everybody's wearing and socializing and flirting. That's how they enter the church. <laughs> yeah. It's Hollywood. You'll find those here. You don't have to look too hard. And that's the church I was going to at the time. And then it's worship time. Like <laughs> Going through the motions. No move of Holy Spirit. And I wanted fire. I knew like fire of God was had to be out there somewhere. <laughs> I come, oh, I love a shame. They're, 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 they're passionate and they're praying in tongues. I didn't see that before, but I knew that was of God. And I wanted that. Six months earlier than that, I learned that that could be a gift for me. And I started praying for it six months before that. But it didn't happen until a month later that I started going there and I received it there at that little house church. Hallelujah. So anyways, then, so I'm seeing people praying in tongues. I'm then seeing a demon manifest for the first time and then was cast out. I'm then seeing people be healed, fall back with God's power. Never seen that before. I then received my first ever prophetic word where the revelation of God's love for me and nearness for me was wild, like I never experienced. And that was the day I knew God, I know God is real. I know he loves me. I know he's with me. Where before was, I believe God loves me. I believe he's with me. It went from knowing on that day. Hallelujah. And then it didn't stop there. The minister, the prophet, he was teaching deep things I'd never heard before. He was teaching about anointing. He was teaching about authority, how to walk in authority. He was teaching about the fivefold ministry. He was teaching about prophets. I had never heard any kind of teaching. I was getting milky evangelist message every week teaching my whole life. And I'm hearing this and my spirit is leaping. And I'm just, I'm just knowing this is food I longed for. This is truth. And I was very perplexed because I'm like, how come like all of the big like m churches I followed and stuff in America, how come like they don't know this? Because I know this is truth. My spirit's just saying this is truth. <laughs> so I was a little perplexed, but then I started to understand like, wait, Catherine, America isn't the best in the world. Maybe God is, God's revealing things to people from other countries, mysteries, hidden things. Maybe there was a reason Jesus was hidden in Africa for a while. Something's hidden there. Maybe there's revelations and mysteries hidden there. So anyways, um, that I just knew this is truth. This is God like I've never experienced. And this is not even from America. This is from a different country. This revelation's coming from and this power is coming from. So then... Um, it was beautiful how God prepared me. He was preparing me, preparing me, preparing me because nine months after I went, or about 11 months after I went to that church for the, that, that small house church and nine months after I surrendered to God upon being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I went to a conference, prophetic healing conference because a, a girl at the lukewarm church I was still going to who, uh, says, I know that you like going to this African prophet uh, small house church thing. So there's going to be a different African prophet ministering. Uh, so you might want to go. I was like, yes. Oh, I'm there. I can't wait. So I went there, and wow, I oh, I was amazed at the power of God I saw at the other place. But this was a new level. I had never seen anointing move like this. And his name is Prophet Joe Davey. He prophesied to me there, and he prophesied to me, you're actually called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, and you're called to reach nations, and God will do many shocking miracles through you. That's where I received the prophecy. <laughs> Hallelujah. A little a tiny little Hispanic church, like I forget an hour south of here or something. And I knew it was God speaking. God had prepared me. You see how God beautifully prepared me to be able to receive that prophetic word, not be skeptical, be childlike, be pure in heart. So, so I shall see God when He's speaking, when He's moving. That's what happened. He He was refining my heart to be more pure. No ethnocentrism out. But eyes of God to see every person, poor, rich, African-American, equal in God's eyes. White, black, every color. Amen.
And so um, I, just, I just had the deepest knowing of my life that it was really God speaking through this prophet. And then it, was, it became God's will for me to be his spiritual daughter and for him to be my spiritual father and for me to receive anointing from him like Elijah to Elisha. That was a place where I was, I was, I was serving and receiving anointing from. Amen. And um, I went to visit his church. I've been to visit his church several times there. And I was amazed to see the honor that the people gave him as a vessel of God. It was so beautiful. And even though I, it was so different, I'd never seen anything like that before. And it was very, I don't know if you want to say extreme, according to Americans, the honor, you know, the way that they would honor. It was just, it was very hardcore honor. But even though it was so new to me, I still had those like pure eyes, you know what I mean? And I still came in there not trying to compare it to the churches in America that I've been to, but I came there like a humble, teachable, like I've never experienced God before as I have through this servant of God, through this prophet. So I come here like humble, like let me learn. Like, let me learn, like, the secrets to this anointing, why this anointing is moving so mightily in this church, because it was my biggest dream, even before being called to be an apostle, my biggest dream was for all of America to encounter the power of God, and not to be limited to a little living room that I had to go to that took me 24 years of my life to get to, but that it would be more prevalent, that you could drive down the street and hear demons screaming and say, I think that's demons screaming, let's go to that church here in the park. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> or you could find it online easily from Japan and book a flight and get, you know. Um, that was my heart. That was my big heart's cry. So that was one of the reasons, by the way, why I just knew it was God speaking. You're called to be an apostle, even though I was like, I can't even preach or speak. I don't know how this is going to happen. But that was literally my biggest heart's passion was for people in America to encounter the power of God like I had. Because the moment that I first encountered the power of God, it was through a different African prophet. And so I immediately carried this revelation. I followed like all, not all, many American ministries. And so, I, and I had hundreds of American friends. My whole family's American. So I have all these circles of friends in my life and I know nobody's encountered the power of God. So I knew America specifically needs this. That there's something in Africa and maybe in other cultures, maybe too, I just don't know yet that America needs. So um, anyway, so I came with a humble heart at that church. I'm seeing people honor him. But when I'm, when I'm seeing this with my eyes, I'm seeing the purity of it because I had pure eyes and because I had all that ethnocentrism junk out. If you don't have the ethnocentrism junk out of you, there's judgment naturally there. And so you're seeing with judgment critical eyes. And so you see, that's weird. Why are they doing that? That's not supposed to be like that. It comes with, I know exactly how everything's supposed to be done, whether it's how to do church, how to minister, how to baptize in the Holy Spirit, how to cast out demons, how to heal the sick, how to honor people. So anyways, I'm seeing this and I'm seeing this is beautiful. And I'm like, yes, amen. He deserves this honor, this vessel of God. I'm so thankful for his life. I'm so thankful for him serving and obeying God because I would not be experiencing Jesus like I am right now if he wasn't obedient. So I became like, and, and Paul says you should be like the culture so they can receive you. I was like, yes, let me be like this culture. I like this culture. I think America needs this culture, actually. I think this is a better culture. <laughs> And it is a better culture. Let me tell you what, Americans do not know how to honor servants of God. Americans, American church by and large does not know how to honor. But Africans do. <laughs> they know how to honor. Why do I say all of this? Because this is such a key of receiving anointing. This is one of the biggest reasons why you see the power of God more prevalent in Africa than America. This is the one of the biggest secrets because they know how to honor the anointing that's what keeps the anointing alive that's what makes the anointed vessels to keep going throughout the persecution you think the you think the anointed vessels can can survive the persecution without proper honor and support 
from the people of God? Look at what happened to Elijah. He says, Lord, take me. I can't take this anymore. Some prophets today have died early because people have not given them honor, and they've, so they've gotten all persecution, all attack from the devil, and no honor, no respect from the people of God. And, and, and the anointing is God. And so when you honor a vessel, you're honoring God. When you honor a ministry, you're honoring God. And so if you're not honoring the vessel, honoring the ministry, honoring the anointing, you're not honoring God. Remember the principle last week, the hungry shall be filled. God sees that as you don't want this anointing. That's why America, by and large, has not seen the anointing. You haven't shown that you wanted it. And you're too afraid to honor. You're too afraid of what people will say. You're too afraid about how people will see you. I'm not afraid, and I'm not ashamed. And I tell you, I got crazy persecution. There's videos of me honoring my, my spiritual father, and I was only honoring him. But I was doing it according to the African culture, which looks differently than how I would honor him if he was here today. I would honor him just the same, but it would look different because it's my culture. I, it's not my culture there. They sow seeds at the feet there. But that's just, that's just their way. It's like I, res- I honor that you are uh, the, the leader of this ministry of this anointing, where this anointing's flowing. And so I sow into this anointing. I'm sowing to God, but I'm sowing specifically into this work of God, into this anointing. So I lay it at your feet. It's honor. It's not worship. It's honor. It's like I honor. It's, it's them saying I honor the anointing. It's having revelation. I'm not just throwing money up to God. Here, God. But I'm saying I'm grateful for anointing because anointing is how God chooses to move miraculously his power. It's how it's always been. In the New Testament, Apostle Paul, it says God was doing, Acts 19.11, God was doing such extraordinary miracles through the hands of Apostle Paul that even they would bring handkerchiefs to his skin and bring them to the sick and demon-possessed and the demons would leave and the sick would be healed. It says God was doing such extraordinary miracles. So, and same with Apostle Peter. It says People would bring the sick and demon possessed under the shadow of where Apostle Peter was going to pass by, and the demons would flee, and the sick would be healed just being under the shadow. Okay, so it is not hidden. It is very obvious in the word of God that God has a system of releasing his miraculous power. The anointing doesn't come straight from the sky down here to the ground. The anointing comes through a vessel. That's how it is released. It's just God's system. It's just he could have chose to do it a different way. He could have chose to be, Lord, heal me. I catch it from the sky. (laughs) But that's not how he chose it. You know, this is God's system. So we have to honor God's system if we want to actually receive the anointing. Release the anointing to me, God. God's like, go over there under the shadow. It's not going to come that way. It only comes under the shadow. It only comes through the handkerchief, you know. It only comes through coming to a ministry where the anointing's moving, positioning yourselves there and catching it, receiving it there. Amen. And so anyways, there was a video of me simply honoring my spiritual father, but because America does not get honor and because the devil understands how to receive anointing, you have to honor it. He attacks it to make people terrified of honoring the anointing. Don't be afraid. I'm telling you today. I am not ashamed of the anointing. I'm not ashamed to honor my spiritual father. I'm not ashamed to honor any vessel of God who serves and obeys Jesus, who is a blessing to my life, to the body of Christ. I'm not ashamed. I don't care the persecution I'll get for it. I'm not ashamed. And I can't be ashamed because you need to receive the anointing. You need to learn how to honor. You need to see an example of standing strong and honoring, not caring what people think. This is important teaching I'm giving you today because this is what's making this revival to grow. Is when we can, God is, God is transforming the bride. There's a lot of transforming that needs to be done. We cannot stay the same. We cannot stay with this lack of honor. Junk. We can't. He's beautifying the bride now and this is a big part of the beautifying. Amen. You need to honor the anointing. You need to understand that the Bible says in Romans 13, 7, um, pay taxes to whom taxes is due and give honor to whom honor is due. What happens if you don't pay your taxes? There's repercussions. If you pay your taxes, you can live life without 
Yeah, someone said jail. <laughs> someone said jail, right? Yeah, jail. Um, you're punished. You need to do this. God saying, yes, do this so you don't go to jail, simply. <laughs> also, give honor to whom honor is due. But you need to understand the repercussions for not giving honor. You need to give honor so you can receive the anointing in your life continually. You need to understand that the anointing is not just for you, yourself. The Bible says that Matthew 10, 8, freely you've received, freely give. Freely you've received, freely give. Okay, you, the anointing is not just for you to be healed and be delivered and to have abundant life. This anointing is for the world to be saved. It's not just for you selfishly. God gives the anointing and he expects you to freely give it what you freely received. You have a responsibility the moment you've received it. It's not just your free gift to do whatever, just sit here. And this is what it speaks about in Matthew 25. This is kind of a long parable, so just kind of stay with me right now, but this is important. The word of God's very important, amen? So I'm just going to read the whole thing because it's just, it's important. So Matthew 25, 14, you might want to go to your Bibles because it's probably the longest passage I've ever read in church. So just, you know, open up your Bibles now. Matthew 25, 14. So the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated. Kingdom of heaven. So how to receive the anointing and how to see it be released upon the world, okay? The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. And the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from this trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I know you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from whom, but from those who do nothing, even what they have will be taken away. From those who do nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness there will, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. With receiving the anointing comes a great responsibility because it is just like this parable. You've received anointing to release to others. You've received anointing. The way, when you honor the anointing through various ways, and I'm gonna teach specifically like how to, but the thing you need to get down in you is just from your heart. What does honor look like? It was amazing prophetic what Christine and Shane did today but that was just kind of an example of like, they felt today out of nowhere, like I, we need to like, we've given flowers before, but I wanna honor, like that's a beautiful example of like, just like the, the impression of God on your heart. I, want, I need to honor, I need to give honor where, uh, where honor is due. So 
in summary, just, I mean, what I want you to really get from this message is to have honor in your heart. And when you have honor in your heart, that you need to honor, that it's important, that, that, that you don't forget it, that you make it a, a practice, not just a one-time thing, um, that God will lead you how you're supposed to honor exactly. Amen? But so when you're receiving this anointing, you are not receiving it for just yourself, but the biggest way that the world will, will hear about the anointing and be able to receive it is by you giving honor to the anointing. Um, because remember what I shared, God chooses to use vessels, he chooses to use ministries to release his power, his anointing. This is what they did in the Acts church, they would gather the sick and demon possessed under the shadow. It's God's system of releasing miracles. It's his system of releasing anointing. So when you are at a place receiving this anointing, the way that uh, the lost, the oppressed, and the sick will, will hear about the anointing and then be able to come and receive it is by you giving honor to it. Meaning you cannot just receive it and just sit there. If you receive it and do nothing, give no honor, make, you know, just receive it and just sit there. I'm coming to receive and that's it. Then no one else in the world will know about the anointing that can save, deliver, and heal them. Amen. And at the same time, you need to understand that when there is the anointing, the devil, that's what the devil hates more than anything in the world. So the devil will send so much persecution. Do you know how many people would be here if the devil wasn't persecuting? And, and I, I know, I, I, I've seen, I've seen the devil literally take, you can, you can track it through many different things. I know this from experience. Like this year, the devil got so angry. Like specific, got, the, devil, the devil came with a wave, he came with this big attack, specifically against this ministry in September, and then he came with an even bigger one in February and March. And I saw many people believe the devil's lies and be taken away, many. But God was so faithful and he brought more and more. The hungry will always come. There will always be people who want the anointing. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he's so faithful, his work did not stop. His work kept going forward. We still kept ministering every single week and there's still hundreds coming and traveling across the whole world every single week. But, but there, I mean, if the devil had an attack in that way, there'd be so many more people here. But if I were to go one by one and ask those of you that have come from September till now and, or from February, March till now, those of you that have come to this place, if I were to interview every one of you I'm pretty sure most of you have come here through hearing someone's testimony that they'd received. Healing, freedom, some, is that right? Raise your hand if you've come here because you heard a testimony or you saw a video of a testimony and that's why you're here. That's why you came. That's like almost everybody, right? So the first, the first way I want to share with you about how to honor the anointing is to testify. So if we don't testify, I've, all that anyone hears, hears is the devil's voice. Everyone hears false, false prophet, false anointing. That's what people hear. But then there's no voice of God for even the pure in heart to see God. There's no people testifying, this is real, I was healed here, I was delivered here, I got closer to Jesus here, I gave my life to Jesus here. So when someone speaks that, that's true fruit, that's real fruit. And someone who's pure in heart, it says the pure in heart shall see God. So someone with a pure heart, they see that, they hear that, and it takes away all of the lies, and they say, this is real, this is God, I wanna come. I wanna come. Not only that, but then, I'm gonna tell you every time you come to where the anointing is and, and if you're planning yourself here, the devil will try to keep you from here, I'm telling you. I think probably all of you have already gone through that attack at least once, but you'll go through that attack probably many times. Different tricky ways the devil will try to get you to retreat. But what makes you to stay many times is people testifying. 
seen a video, when you're starting to doubt or something, the devil's lies are getting to you so much or something, you see a video, someone testifies. And that, that keeps you planted, keeps you from the devil uprooting you and taking you away. So many of you are here today and are receiving the blessing of this anointing because the anointing has been honored. Because the anointing has been honored through people's testimonies. I want to encourage you all to testify, to give honor where honor is due. You need to be specific with your testimony so people can really understand we're teaching the body of Christ about anointing. You need to testify, I, before I came here, I was this way, but I came here and the power of God touched me here and now I'm healed and now I'm delivered and now I can, specifically, and don't be ashamed, don't be afraid. Give honor where honors do, testify. I'm telling you, for every test, every one of you gives a testimony, it's more people who are able to hear and receive. I, I promise. Like if one of you is withholding your testimony, at least one person, probably many more, especially because I have many followers, a big platform. We have many followers at Fivel Church, a big platform. Probably many people are missing out. And God has to wait. It takes longer for him to rise up more people who will actually testify. We really have the power in our hands of how much we want to see revival spread, of how much we want to see. We really need to, to grasp this concept of the power that you have to see other people receive Jesus, receive healing and freedom. Amen. In John 4, um, Jesus prophesied to a Samaritan woman at the well, and she was amazed. She just, ex she just knew this was the Messiah. She experienced the love of God like never before through that prophetic word. And she ran back, and she told the whole town about Jesus. She told the whole town about the anointing, the prophetic anointing she experienced, how it changed her life, how it delivered her and set her on fire for Jesus. And do you know what it says? In the Bible, after she did this, after she testified, and testified largely, not just a little bit, but told the whole truth, amen, it says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. This is the word of God. It says, many believed because of the testimony. This is the power that we have. This is the responsibility we have. Hallelujah. So testify. You know, every single week, every single Sunday, Myra, she's sitting over there in the red chair. She, she films testimonies right over here after service. Come and testify. And maybe if you felt like, oh, I left something out, come back the next week. Share it again. You know, come and testify. And if God does more miracles for you a month later or something, Testify. Testify again. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you're watching online, your testimonies are so important. You can film yourself. You can film yourself with just your phone. And you can send it to us. You can, you can email it to info at 5fchurch.org. Maybe if somebody can write that in the comments there. It's just go to 5fchurch.org and hit contact. You can do that too. Well, no, actually, to send videos, you need to do info. Info at 5fchurch.org. Someone write that in the comments there. Send your testimonies. Written ones are good too. If you have written ones, send them. Um, but we, we, we should, testimonies are not for ours to keep. If you do not testify, you are like the person who hid what God gave him in the ground. God wants to see a return on his investment. Because there's so much power he put in you in your testimony. So much. You have to release it. That's why it says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I always share that a big key of maintaining your deliverance is testifying. If you don't testify, the devil will steal it. And it, God can allow it. It's a, it's a principle in the spiritual realm. Like how it was taken from the one that hid it in the ground. You have to testify. Amen. And now the next way to honor, and these are just a couple um, big principles of honoring, but like I said, when you just come from your heart, like flowers, like well, however God's putting on your heart to honor, that's just follow the Holy Spirit, amen? And the second one I'm going to share with you is to serve, is to serve God in his work, because the work of God is not just for me, it's not just for one person. The more that you serve, the more people that serve here, the more the work of God goes forth. Yes, it's really true. And, and we're, all, we're a body of Christ, and we all have different gifts and different abilities. There, 
um, Demarie here and now Austin, they're helping to edit videos now. And so I've been filming sermons. Give honor to where honors do. Yes. Hallelujah. And Ajani has done one as well. But I, I, um, I film every one of these messages like I'm doing right now. We fil- I mean, there's the camera. Jean-Dal's filming it right there. Lily's filming it right there. We film it professional recording, professional audio. But for more than a year, it's been a waste because I haven't been able to edit it with my crazy schedule. Because <laughs> I edit all the short clips, all the short clips you see, the, the miracles and the testimonies and the, most of the preaching ones and stuff. Um, so there's, with the traveling, there's just no time. I had to sacrifice something. And so I say, well, at least the live stream's up there, but it's in bad quality, it's in phone quality. That's not very good. But you guys are still here and receiving. It doesn't matter that's not good, hallelujah. But, but I'm excited for us to go to a new glory because this anointing is so precious that it deserves more excellence, right? And so I thank you so much, Demarie. I thank you so much, Johnny. I thank you so much, Austin. Um, because having a heart to serve. So now there's been, a, she's done like four s- sermons in just a couple weeks and I've released at least two of them so far. And this good quality, these messages and people are being so blessed by them. Hallelujah. Okay, so th- this is just one example, but many of you are carrying little gifts and not, I'm sure Demarie was like me, didn't think that she is like a pro editor or something, Right? Right? You don't have to be a pro, but you have an ability in you that God's given you. So it's better for us to have decent videos, for example, than nothing. So step up and offer your gifts, offer your abilities. You don't have to be the best. Having mediocre gift is better than nothing. (laughs) And we'll get there someday, but we have to start somewhere for God to bring more people. That's what happens. He, he watches us. Will you honor this enough for me to bring more to a higher glory? And when you serve, this, you need to serve with honor. So I'm going to teach you not just, not, not just to serve in the work of God, but to serve with honor. How to serve with honor is this, to be reliable, to do what you're going to say you're going to do. Please don't come to me and say, I will do this and this and this and this, and then don't do them. You can say... <laughs> Because I've had that happen a lot before, and it's really grieving, and it like it, it's draining for it's draining, and it wastes wastes time of me sending stuff or you know to this, and then it, you know when I could be doing work for the kingdom, that's not honoring. God sees it. How come the Bible says to do everything you do as if you're doing it for God, not man? But how come when we serve the work of God, that is serving God. You're not serving man. If you're serving the work of God here, you're not really you're not serving me. Well, kind of an Elijah to Elisha to Elijah type way, but you're really serving God. I mean, it's not like Catherine's work. It's the work of God. <laughs> the sermon isn't like Catherine's sermon. It's the word of God. You know, so how come at your job, you're on time, you do what you say you're going to do because you want a promotion because you don't want to get fired. But how come you come to the work of God and you don't have any respect? sees it he sees it and what I'm teaching you this is remember this is how to receive anointing some of you are wondering why am I not fully free yet why am I not healed yet not for everybody full freedom is a big process for many people but some of you are wondering why am I not receiving this miracle why this why am I still in lack why am I in poverty still are you respecting the anointing are you serving with honor because God sees and if you're not honoring it in some way, you're not receiving in an area that God wants to release to you. So, how to serve with honor in the work of God. Be reliable. It's okay to not commit, but don't commit. If you know you're not going to be able to commit to something, then don't speak that you can do it. The Bible says, let your yes be yes. Show up on time to serve. We serve here at 11 a.m. Show up on time. If you can't do it for some reason, just let us know. Amen? Because otherwise we feel like it's not like honoring, you know? But if you, can't, if, you, if you can come on time, come on time. As you're serving here, you're truly receiving anointing as you serve. That's how Elisha received from Elijah. Every process of serving, more anointing is coming in your life. Amen? And you can show up at 11 a.m. here on Sundays and serve with us if you'd like to serve with us here at church. And if you have a gift of some sort or ability, some way, like how they expressed they wanted to edit, you can email us, info at fiveofchurch.org. 
You can email us and share, these are my gifts, these are my talents, let me know if I can help in any way. And just be patient with us and getting back to you as it sometimes takes us a little bit of time to, to, to see where we can release things, you know? Amen? Hallelujah. Um, and also have a humble heart to receive correction. Have a humble, ha make that known. I'm here to serve the work of God, so however I can serve it the best, have that humble heart. And understand that if there's ever any correction, know that it's for, it's for Jesus' work. Don't take anything personally. We want the work of God to be done with the most excellence and for God to get the most honor and glory. So every aspect of our, of our service, of our work, it counts towards that. Like excellence. We need to serve God with excellence. God deserves the very best. The very best. You know, I would spend so many hours editing sermons that hardly anybody would see. I would spend six hours editing, and, and, and I could be just a little slow. Don't think you have to spend six hours editing a sermon. I don't do that anymore, but I used to take six hours, five to six hours editing every sermon. That was years ago before when I actually had time and I wasn't traveling because I was doing it with excellence. And how many views would that sermon get? Ten or less. <laughs> but God convicted me and needed to be with excellence for him. It doesn't matter who's, how many people are viewing. And the Bible says that if, you, if he can trust you with little, he'll trust you with more. He needs to see he can trust you with little. I knew way more people were going to watch the messages someday, but I knew I had to be trustworthy for God to release more people to watch the videos. So everything you're doing to serve God, do it with excellence, the very best. When you're doing the camera, do it with excellence. Do it the very best you can. When you're doing the sound, do it with excellence. When you're singing, do it with excellence. When you're, when you're um, setting up chairs, do it with excellence. When every aspect, do it with the heart of excellence. I'm doing this like it's the president here. Because higher than the president is here, Jesus is here. But we should have that heart, like... Imagine if today the president's coming, or maybe some of you don't love the president. Just think of the someone who, you know, someone, someone who you just respect highly in this earth, like no one else. Okay? Imagine they're coming today. They're gonna come as a guest speaker. How would you? You'd probably be there early, right? You'd be serving with excellence. So can we? We need to be that way for Jesus. He's watching every time. He's here every time. Amen? Colossians 3.23 says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. We're in, a, we're in a park now, but I dream one day if we have a building or something, I dream of it just being beautiful. Just with, with excellence. And we went to, when we were in Brazil, it's like the buildings that we had been in, we, didn't, we weren't in a lot of buildings, but the buildings we drove around and saw, and the, even our hotel, it wasn't quite like America standard, you know, if I should say it, I guess. You know, it just, um, just more poverty where we were, but, we, but the church I ministered in was like one of the most beautiful churches I've seen. Inside, it was gorgeous, just details everywhere. It's just you could see people had so much care and attention for every detail. I was at the room where I was in, where I was uh, preparing like a green room. You could just, it was just, it was just beautiful. And I complimented the apostle's wife. And I was like, it's beautiful here. What you, great job. And she's like, we believe in serving God with excellence. Everything we do here is for, is an excellence. And I was like, yes. This is how Fivefold Church is and w will always be that w people will come to, whether we're in the park or we're in a building, people will come look around and be like, wow. But it's simply because people served with excellence. They served to their very best ability. They gave their best talents and gave their heart in it. Amen? The last area I'm gonna share with you about specifically how to honor the anointing is sowing. Um, Matthew 13, verse 45, Passion Translation says, Heaven's kingdom realm is like a jewel merchant in search of rare pearls. When he discovered one very precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately gave up all he had in exchange for it. So the anointing of God, the miracles that God's releasing to your life, the abundant life, it's Jesus himself. But that, those blessings that you're receiving because of the anointing, ever since you entered that place of anointing in your life, that's like a precious jewel that's the kingdom of heaven 
it's a precious pearl. It's, it's the most precious thing in the world. But it says it's like this, that they would give everything away for that pearl. And what I want to tell you is that the more that you give, the more of the pearl you get. I've grabbed this revelation and I've become, I think, maybe the most cheerful giver in the world. Because I want more. And that's what God wants for me. He wants me to have more. He wants me to have more anointing. And so all the seed that he gives to me, I give it to him. I don't reserve, oh, this is for me. I don't, even this time in my life, God's not even leading me to be like, save this for a nice car or a nice house. Or da -da. And there's different times in life where God will say, save this. for you know, I'm not saying that. But surrender to God. And when God says, give it all, give it all. You know? And I'm in that part of my life now where I'm just seeing the anoint. I'm seeing specifically the anointing working in my life. And I'm seeing every blessing in my life. It's because of God. It, it happened as I received the anointing. It positioned myself to receive the anointing. And so I see all the blessings as truly God's. I don't see my money. I don't see any of my blessings as mine to do with what I want with it. And I know what it, how important it is for of sowing into God's kingdom, into his work. So I sow, I sow, I sow, I sow. This is why it says it's better to give than to, than to receive. The way to receive is to give. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. He who supplies seed to the sower will supply and multiply your seed. You have to be a sower for him to provide you seed. And this says that when, you, when you're a sower and you're sowing, God's multiplying, multiplying the seed. He's like, I can see I can trust you with a little. You, you sowed a little bit. I'm going to give you a little more this time. I'm a testimony to this in my life. It is true. You test God in this. Test God in this. Give him more than what you usually do. Give where it's uncomfortable and watch what he does next. Watch him give you more seed. And then that time you give even more to where it's uncomfortable again. Maybe it's more uncomfortable. And you watch him provide more seed. And again, and again, and then you get to the point where you become the most cheerful giver in the world. <laughs> because you know there's like nothing to fear. You're not like, well, if I give this, well, what if I won't have? You know, this is the way to receive. Not just finances, not just seeds, finances, not just money, but every aspect of your life. As you, so the, the point of sowing into where the anointing is, you are honoring the anointing. That's part of honoring. And so God sees you honor. And this, is a, this whole honoring the anointing is actually a law in the spiritual realm, like sowing and reaping. As you honor it, it flows into your life more. So that's what's also happening when you're sowing. In the spiritual realm, it is seen as, and God sees, you are, you are honoring the anointing. And so that anointing is attracted to you. These are the big ways that I shared with you of how honoring the anointing is, is like measured. And so as you do these things, more anointing will be released in your life. It's not only renouncing. <laughs> it's not only positioning yourself for the anointing. You have to actually honor the anointing. And I, hallelujah. And I tell you that some of you, some of you may not have been doing all these things. But you're going to start, and you will see. We will hear testimonies of people saying, I received this miracle I've been praying for for so long when I started serving. Or when I started sowing, sowing more. Or when I started to testify and not be afraid what people would say. Hallelujah. Are you ready to receive more anointing? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember. The more you receive anointing, the more the world will receive it. And the more you can testify and say, this is how I received, and you teach others. You are all teachers. People will, people will not, some, a lot of people will not hear it just through me. Those of you that respect and honor the anointing will receive the word of God through me, speaking it right now. But those, there's other skeptics watching out there, or there's other people that just don't know yet. They could hear this message for the first time and be like, I don't know. 
but they hear you say, I did this. I did what God said. I followed these principles of honoring the anointing, and I received healing, freedom, more anointing. And that person's healed because of your testimony. So remember, this message, this isn't just for you to receive, just for you to receive, but so many more will be saved and healed and delivered because you've received more, and you can testify. This works, amen? God's word works. Revelation of God's word, rhema, word of God works. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of a little boy I prayed for in South Carolina, like in December, December, and I prayed for him, and he's having nightmares and stuff, and seeing, oh, he's seeing certain demons in the night, and I prayed for him, and he felt God free him, and he goes, it works. <laughs> I say, yes, Jesus works. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. It's time to receive. It's time to receive more of this anointing today. Amen.